0: If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome to the Just Not Sports Podcast. This is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like. Just not sports on today's show. It is a smorgasbord of not sports news. We've got multiple stories about Kevin Durant. We've got multiple races between man and beast to discuss and a whole lot more. We will also give you some distractions, which is our purview and do our best to entertain you on a week to week basis like we always do. I am your co-host, Brad Burke. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago. And joining me is the full Just Not Sports team. I will start in a haunted uh haunted tower in Chicago. Adam, I'm I assume you live on the phone, a mover, <laughs> a sh- a mover, a talker, a baller, a shot caller. He's nationally recognized sports PR guy Adam Willard. Adam, how are you?
1: Well, well. As I think I explained before, I had a pre-workout supplement at 6 a.m. this morning. We were recording this show in the evening, and it has not worn off. So I would like to give them a plug, except this might kill me. So uh, this could be the last <laughs> show. Is that supplement cocaine? <laughs> no, I could only I can only pray for that. I guess that would have worn off. If you're something that lasts for
2: more than four hours, call your doctor.
1: Gareth, (laughs) I work in PR. I can't afford cocaine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we are uh, in PR. We are a meth only industry also because we never sleep. Uh, As you've also heard my undisciplined co-hosts who refuse to wait for their intros to talk. Let's start with seven time Emmy winning sports producer Gareth Hughes. Gareth holding down our Brooklyn bureau. How is Brooklyn doing? Have you have you been stabbed in the streets by people dressed like Trump performing Shakespeare?
3: Uh, No, I've I've managed to avoid the Shakespeare controversy. I've actually never been to Shakespeare in the Park. It's one of the most notoriously difficult tickets uh, on an annual basis here in New York. And I have to imagine that this is another year I will not be making it to Shakespeare in the Park because of that. I did go to one of my favorite New York events on an annual basis this past weekend. And that was Coney Island's Mermaid Parade, where... Down, Coney Islands basically Land's End down in Brooklyn, and, it's, uh, and everybody shows up to this parade. It's a big pride event, but they invite kids and people of all ages, and you're just supposed to dress up like a mermaid or a seafaring creature or something nautical. So my daughter wanted to go dress as a mermaid. She's five. We brought her to her first mermaid parade in costume and saw plenty of women in pasties.
0: And Gareth, yeah. Gareth, let me just say this. Um, can you do me a favor? Can every single person yeah. on both the right and the left that tweets about that stupid fucking play uh, and all the controversy that surrounds it, can you just send them a picture of the Coney Island parade and just say, maybe check this out instead? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i'd also it's like to say idea. this mer- mer-
0: I-, I would Brands also like to say mermaids. this i would like to say to every single person in the world who tweeted about that play both the creators and the haters like everyone involved we've already had our, one of our top three if we were power ranking presidents murdered an actual play Ch- everyone chill out <laughs> like
3: everyone yeah, right, <laughs> right. Like, that, that was one of my favorite lines of twitter was this is not the worst thing that has ever happened to a president at a play. Let's
0: move on from this. Yeah. Also, also, good. also, people who wrote that play, that didn't help anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like so, let's just everyone moves on. All right. Anyway, speaking of moving on, right. Joe Reed, holding down our Seattle uh, office. As you know, Just Not Sports transcends all four or spans all four time zones. Joe. What is life like in the idyllic, uh, idyllic paradise that is, uh, northern United States and the West Coast?
2: It's beautiful, baby. The sun stays up till like 1030 at night. And, um, I've heard it's been 95 in Chicago for now. Yeah. The solstice, is that today? I think yesterday it's all downhill from here um and i heard it was like 90 enjoy doing heroin in
1: your basement joe reed that'll be fun
2: (laughs) it's been good it's been good we spent portland this uh we went to portland this past weekend to see some family uh so we're just exploring the area still getting our uh getting our roots planted it's been good
0: joe um what's your apartment like in seattle versus chicago um apartment
2: is um a little bit smaller one bedroom we are the top floor of uh of a house just north of downtown so we're like right in the city i can walk to work um but it's a little bit smaller than what you'd get for the same price in chicago the housing market out here is pretty insane um with um i mean amazon's buying everything up yeah boeing and microsoft and uh so a lot of, um, yeah, it's like San Francisco of the of the Pacific Northwest. Everybody's coming here. So
0: it's hey, a little crazy. Hey, Joe, uh, I think San Francisco is still the San Francisco of the Pacific Northwest. Like, I think I think that the the aura of San Francisco <laughs> extends up into your, your neighborhood, too. You know?
2: Yeah, you're probably right. It's the San Francisco of
3: I don't know. Never mind.
0: Right, <laughs> Joe, is Seattle a bedroom
3: community for San Francisco? <laughs> is Seattle a uh,
2: wait? What the hell does that mean? Brad's loving it.
0: Means you're like a uh, suburb job. of 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 Silicon Valley. <laughs> oh, 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 I gotcha, I gotcha. I guess so the answer is no. What, what, I,
2: guess I guess we're, we're waiting, waiting for, for the answer. Yeah. Are. I don't know.
1: The delay uh, in your answer will say that you're adjusting to, to Seattle life because you. Don't respond and move super slow like everyone else in Seattle.
2: Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Sure. <laughs> have you
1: become Have you become a terrible driver yet? Because that's also a symptom of Seattle.
2: Is that really mm-hmm. a symptom of Seattle? The first thing I noticed when I moved here was that nobody. There's you rarely hear any honking.
1: Um, uh,
2: like nobody.
1: People can't merge worth a shit in Seattle. It they, is. I don't no know merge capital of America
2: oh god the other thing that they don't do and I think it's because there are heavy fines there's signs everywhere for it is block intersections Chicago is Hmm. terrible for cars just going through reds and just sitting and blocking cross traffic that rarely happens here which is
1: wonderful that's all I gotta say
2: well look at you
1: Mr. Ambassador to Seattle
0: (laughs) it's been good it's been good Joe, how many times have Anyways. you have you slapped a woman with Lyme disease, which is also a requisite of living in Seattle a la the real world? Oh, I didn't know
2: that. And three, three times.
1: Have you visited Bruce Lee's grave? Because Bruce Lee's grave is also in Seattle. Have you done that? I have not I have not visited
2: Bruce Lee's grave, but I have heard about this. I, Sounds mm, like a total I can do a, I can do a remote Come on. segment. I'll tape our next episode uh, sitting next to
1: Bruce Lee. That's that's just creepy. <laughs>
0: uh, Bruce Lee's not dead. That's a whole conspiracy we'll get into in a future show. Neither, Neither, is, Brandon. Brandon. Neither
1: is Brandon. They are merging slowly in Seattle somewhere.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh God. Okay. On this show, we don't just open the show. We go wide open. Julian Edelman down the scene uh, uh, style. And uh, we're going to just open it up to anything we want to talk about in the sports world, around the sports world, just as long as it doesn't do with the games. I'm going to start, gents. And I'm going to start where pretty much everything with this podcast should start. And that is the, uh, the Starberry Movie Project coming out of China. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to brag. I talked with Stefan about it a little bit on Twitter. If uh, wow. Stefan, if, if, if Stefan uh, uh, <laughs> replying to a tweet counts as talking to him about it. And let me just say this. Stefan Marbury for folks who are new to the show, he is our second ever Twitter follower. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I launched the account and tweeted at him. He got right back to me. followed us, and I was like, I love you, Stefan Marbury. And as someone who bought his shoes in 2000, Gareth, uh, I want to say three, maybe? I bought some strawberries from Stephen Yes, he gave me those mm-hmm. strawberries back then,
3: yeah.
1: I think you're giving yourself a little too much credit. I want to say like 06.
0: Well, I can tell you this. Um as someone who bought Starberries for a long time, I've been a huge fan of Starberry. Adam, we talked about Stefan Marbury on, I think, episode... Episode one of the show, right? Is that right? Episode one or two.
1: Autog- yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an autographed Marbury jersey hanging in my closet.
0: Oh, uh, you Next. know what, Adam? Adam, I can't wait to get that for my birthday in September from you. Uh, and you can hang that <laughs> my—I'll in my office. <laughs> since Stefan and I are close friends. So... The, the, the trailer for the movie came out and has, as Deadspin and, and other places have noted, it was intense. This was an intense trailer. It was like Hoosiers mixed with Con Air. And I loved every second of it and I, I thought, this is going to be the Fast and the Furious of basketball movies only in China, which makes it quasi Fast and the Furious 3 Tokyo Drift if it was in China. And... I'm excited for it. <laughs> I want it to come to Chicago. And I said, Stefan, if you bring it to Chicago, we'll sell it out. And he said, it's coming all over the world. Hashtag love is love. And then there was some sort of multi rainbow heart emoji, which I've not been able to rec- replicate guys. I want to ask you this. We're not going to waste our listeners time by asking, are we going to watch the movie or debating what it's going to be? Cause, Cause hashtag no spoilers to the Marbury movie, uh, on just not sports. What I want to know is, what can we do to get Stefan Marbury here in Chicago with us to watch it? Go.
1: Well, uh, if you keep Mm. tweeting back and forth with this publicist like you have already, we should be able to get him here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What
0: do you mean, publicist? Yeah, no, this is the the real uh, deal. Don't do not tell me there's no fucking Easter Bunny, was, Adam.
1: The, no, that was not Marburg responding to you. That is a straight up homeboy from Coney Island giving you a message.
0: <laughs> how dare you? How how? I'm so disillusioned. Dare you?
1: I have one question. Haven't we already seen? At least the first part of the life movie of Stefan Marbury. After all, He Got Game is a semi autobiographical move or semi biographical movie of Marbury's life. Same high school, same journey to the pros. I mean, we've seen this movie, right?
0: Uh, I wanna see the real thing with Stefan acting in it cuz he's acting in this one Adam. He's re- legit acting That's in fair. this. That's fair enough. Okay. And I'm just saying Adam, this, I don't want to I don't want to make waves, but like Tom Hanks, Stefan's going to win 3 straight Oscars. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so like that Johnny I, Va- that Johnny Vandermeer shit you're pulling with 2 Straight is just like out the window.
1: All cynicism aside, the trailer does look amazing and Stefan looks to have Seriously, no joke. He looks to have great range as an actor, and I really am excited to see this.
0: He's got Guys, great. He's got not... great range. He can play. St- he can play Stefan or Starberry. He he's got range like Urkel had when he played Urkel, and also <laughs> Stefan Urkel. <laughs> 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 only Adam's laughing let's at that because it. only Come black on. people watch the last five seasons of <laughs> Family Matters.
1: Oh, the scene where Stefan Urkel dances to babyfaces, this is for the cool in you, is every teenager's masturbation.
0: Especially That's Joe so- Reed. <laughs> Especially Joe Reed. I'm sure loved Joe Reed. Do you know who Babyface is? And he's not an Alec Baldwin voiced CGI character from last month.
2: <laughs> oh, you mean Boss Baby? <laughs> then no, I don't
0: know who that is. You did. You did uh, know Boss Baby, Joe? You you. <laughs> Joe, you're making all white people look bad right now. <laughs> he lives in Seattle. What do you want from him? Uh, (laughs) All right, all right. I'm going to Gareth next. Gareth, wide open. Anything you want to talk about?
3: Well, first of all, I was trying to say, like, Savon Marbury is making this move at the right time. Daniel Day-Lewis retired from acting today. (laughs) What? Is that true? No. He's He's done, baby. He's got a movie coming out this winter with Paul Thomas Anderson. I believe it's called, like, Phantom Thread. It's about the fashion industry in the 50s. Uh, I will be there opening night like Joe and Boss Baby Boss. Boss Baby? (laughs) Boss Um, Baby,
2: come on, get it right.
3: Yeah, but so he's announced that he's going to retire from acting uh, as of at age 60 after this movie. So he's out. Starberry, it's like the point guard in front of you was just traded. Time to step into the fold. (laughs) okay so my wide open uh i want to talk about (laughs) i've talked on here before about rock climbing and it's something i love doing i'm not quite mediocre at it but it's a lot of fun and it's hard and i love it someone who is not who is much better than mediocre at it, who's actually exceptional is Alex Honnold. And two weeks ago, he free solo climbed El Capitan in Yosemite.
0: Wow. Yeah. Solo means, and by exceptionally in, mean best ever, right? Cause this guy's fucking insane.
3: He, yeah. Moonshot has been used to describe some of the things he's pulling off. Alex Honnold climbed for four hours straight. So when I when you climb, I've been doing – I prefer something called bouldering, which you don't climb with any ropes. You go 12 feet in the air, and a tough bouldering problem will take like a minute or so. Alex Honnold, with no ropes, climbed for three hours and 56 minutes straight. That's crazy. Up wow. 4,000 feet into the air. Uh. On a route that nobody had ever done like this before. Two people had done it recently with ropes only as their protection, not helping them. And that was noteworthy. He did it just no ropes, no nothing. Like wearing a red t-shirt and shorts and a chalk bag. Um, It it sort of defies belief. Uh, Honnold was profiled on 60 Minutes a few years ago. I highly recommend watching that.
0: Yes. Um, I just met the reporter great- who did that story, by the way, in L.A. a few weeks ago. I think Lara
3: Logan was the host of uh, the yeah. talent on that one. She was the correspondent. Yeah. So, but there's a great National Geographic article about Honnold's climb that he just did. And it, it, the thing that you notice in it is, there. here's a paragraph I wanted to share. John Backer, the greatest free soloist of the 70s, who died while climbing unroped in 2009 at age 52, Never considered this climb. Uh, Peter Croft, 58, who completed the landmark free solo of the 80s, Yosemite's 1,000-foot Astroman, never contemplated it as well, but he knew somebody would eventually do it. It's, to these people who've gone before him, there's two parts of this that stand out to me. To these people who've gone before Alex Honnold, it, this is like a moon landing kind of thing. This is a big deal, number one. And number two If you read about free solo climbers, most of them are dead. Um, Most of them died doing something like this. And so just these people's ability to confront fear and to keep going um, to face these challenges. I read another article where Honnold finished this and then did his daily exercise routine after the class.
1: Seriously? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
3: Uh, it's just remarkable. And apparently he's been studied and his brain has been studied for how he handles fear, but it's
1: something What is you his should daily? All, what is his daily workout? Russian roulette?
0: Well, Adam, Adam, <laughs> I've actually seen this. He said, um, the, or i've seen things that said he would just do things like hang off of a like a ledge with his fingers for an hour not like a ledge where you'd fall and die but like imagine if i was like hey adam here's a step just hang off that by your fingers for an hour and he would do that
1: no thanks no at there's one, point- one thing i do for an hour at a time sleep
3: Oh, <laughs> well put yes Uh, At one point while climbing, he had – so as you climb, um, the the overall – things are divided into what they call problems. Like a bouldering problem is the 12-foot run you do up or the 15-foot run or whatever it is. So it's – the whole 4,000-foot climb is divided into various problems. And I was reading one article that described one problem as he was hanging on by one thumb. And then he had to switch to the thumb on his other hand. So imagine Holy you're a couple shit. thousand feet up in the air with no ropes. You're holding on by one thumb. And to get going ahead, you have to somehow switch to holding on with your other thumb. Uh, what he accomplished is pretty remarkable wow. and definitely fits into sports. And he lives in a van just kind of kicking it around California, Northern California and the Pacific Northwest. So Joe Reed, if you're looking for a field piece, uh, <laughs> hop in a hippie van and go find Alex Honnold. Cause I want to know more.
0: Yeah. I want to say one thing All about right. Alex, Al- Alex here. Uh, I went and watched some videos of him when, after this was made and after, after his free climb and I saw uh, some stuff about him climbing buildings by himself And I was like, that's cool. And then that took me into this whole YouTube rabbit hole, which was like parkour, which is like dudes who just climb buildings and do crazy freestyling acrobatics on buildings, which then took me to a video that was just, (laughs) guys, I'm not, I'm not proud to admit this. That was (laughs) three minutes of people (laughs) who died (laughs) falling off those buildings and I watched I watched watched that on a train I watched that on a train and then I caught I caught the lady next to me looking at my phone as I'm watching like and the, the youtube line is like all clickbait so it's like oh crazy crazy fails death death death, <laughs> <laughs> fall <off>. up. <laughs> i'm like that's cool oh so
1: God.
0: not joking so i shut that off <sighs> i shut that off and grab the book out of my bag which as i've mentioned on this podcast recently was men women and chainsaws feminist theory in slasher <laughs> films I am not a good person. Okay, Adam, we're moving on to you wide open. What do you want to talk about?
1: Well, uh, as you guys know, I do not like Kevin Durant. Um, My main criticism of him (laughs) is that he is rude to local media and media in general. He has a giant chip on his shoulder, which I'm not sure why, but he has proven that that chip on his shoulder grows and grows by the ad released after game five of the NBA finals. Would you like to hear about it? Yes. So rarely do I write notes for this show because I mean, whatever, but I've written some notes here. Fair. I'm sure Brad loves that.
2: Clipboard Brad loves that answer. Fair.
1: So, The name of the ad is Debate This. It's a spot by Nike, and I should say, very important, with Kevin Durant, because there's no way this ad went out without Kevin Durant's approval, as we know in the marketing business. Uh, Dude,
3: this this spot was also done by Stanley Kubrick. It's important to get that name in there early,
1: so go on. eh, Maybe, but I'm going to blame Kevin Durant for the whole thing. So this was put out following the clinching Game 5 of the NBA Finals. In the moment... Of his basketball jubilation, Durant chose to put out an ad that was focused around the criticism of media, of him, as an overrated player, too soft to win an NBA championship, who then joined the Warriors to create an unstoppable team. Kevin Durant. Really? And the crowning achievement of your career and a chance to thank your teammates, supporters in the basketball community, your fans, your parents, you chose to criticize, as Dan Steinberg put it in his Washington Post column, the handful of hucksters who criticize you. So with that, I'd like to sarcastically congratulate Durant on having no joy at all in your life. You are the most skilled seven-footer of all time. Actually, believe it or not, Kevin Durant, very few would debate this. You may be the greatest player of your generation. Again, many agree with me. But in opposition to the way things should be in your life, when the moment was at its biggest, you chose to be small. In an age where thin-skinned American leaders criticized the media for their negative image, you decided to join the pack. there is bird, there is magic, but not you, Kevin Durant. I leave this I leave you with this, Kevin. I've been of your fan game I've been a fan of your game since you were a member of the Sonics and then the Thunder and the Warriors. There is no debate that I think you're the greatest player in the game, but you still need to thrive on negativity and revenge. You left the world. With two words, debate this. I leave you, Kevin Durant, with two more words. Grow up.
3: Damn.
1: I
2: think
0: Adam needs to do more scripted pieces. Hello. I have worked with him professionally once on an advertisement that was not my writing and not my doing. I was just on set. And he provided one of the most awkward (laughs) performances in an ad I've ever seen. So maybe Adam is onto something.
3: (laughs) Well, or with that in mind, is he somebody, could he be somebody who's not super comfortable in his own skin? Clearly. That is the whole message. But wait,
1: Kevin Durant, like what is going to make you happy in life? You in your in your in the greatest moment of your professional life, your response was, hey, haters, look at this. And really, again, going back to the Dan Steinberg column, he pointed out that there are very few people who take a polarizing opinion in order to get clicks or to get ratings. How many people are legitimately arguing that Kevin Durant is a great player? Yes, there may have been a few who questioned his choice of going to the Golden State Warriors, but he also sold a ton of jerseys and a ton of tickets. I would think the fans are on your side, Kevin. What is the problem?
0: Look, I don't think Kevin Durant is the greatest at commercials, but I do think he's the greatest actor in america because stefan Marbury's in china because we reviewed thunderstruck on this podcast and i thought kevin durant and daniel was a revelation. Daniel lewis is retiring yeah and daniel a. lewis is retired exactly he was inspiring absolutely inspiring all right joe reed do you got something for us or do i need to go again no i'll give you one this is a question to the group
2: um and i just kind of want to get your thoughts because i honestly don't know what to think of this situation so maybe we can go around the circle whoever wants to start first and I want to know your thoughts on the balls particularly lavar ball particularly
3: left oh. and
0: particularly left I've, and right
1: <laughs> Yeah
2: and well
0: Garrett, yeah, can, yeah, I, Garrett I, can I can't, can't wait comment balls. on one of these I'm,
3: Yeah yeah I can only talk about one Um but <laughs> I
2: I just want to know what you guys think because recently I think that it was either this morning or or yesterday there was the Lakers and the Nets um, you know wrote up a a trade that looks like that they might be drafting um, Lonzo and I've seen him on you know yelling at Stephen A. Smith and throwing shade on Colin Colin Cowherd to whatever his co-host name is I forget her name but I'm just curious what you guys think from a PR perspective. It's like, I feel like there's been no draft prospects who've been in the media more that I can think of like, um, in recent years, but it's also just like, what are you thinking? If you're, if you're Lonzo ball, are you enjoying this ride? I just want to know what you guys think about this whole thing.
1: Good question. Uh, I think he is a lunatic profiting (laughs) off. The success of his sons um I think he has three sons who are excellent basketball players, and one of them is clearly destined to a life of alcoholism or drug abuse because of their crazy father. that's my honest opinion i I don't want that i more than any opinion I've ever had, I hope I'm wrong, and they all grow up to be well adjusted people, and I don't know enough about their mother to say what will happen but uh, this is a guy so obsessed with the success of his kids, uh, they can not there can't help, in my opinion, to be one of them that, that collapses under the pressure and lives a miserable life. Um, yeah, it's—it's it's a really sad case. Um, you, if you're an NBA GM, you really have to consider whether or not you're going to draft his his son currently eligible for the NBA draft or any of his sons, if they should um, aspire to to play NBA basketball as well because you don't draft the kid, you draft the whole family and who wants to deal with LeVar Ball.
3: Yeah. Do you, do you draft the whole family? Like, I mean, this is Magic Johnson in L.A. Will he be able to say, hey, LeVar, leave us alone? You know, like – I, I, I don't know. I think some of this is overblown, and we have to see what happens. Um, I, I think that some of that stuff might go away, uh, first of all. Second of all, can I say something about LeVar Ball that's important? Yeah, baby. He played in the World League of American Football, which I did not know. I didn't know that either. Neither. He was a tight end in the World League of American Football for the London Monarchs. I was actually doing a pitch on that recently, and I was looking up famous World League um, alumni, and his name came up. I was like, no way it's the same guy. Sure enough, it was. I don't think he ever caught a pass in the World League, but that seems... LeVar Ball, you're the World League of American Football of sports, Dads. But claims
1: <laughs> that he could have beat
3: Michael Jordan, that he could have beat Michael Jordan
1: one on one during his prime.
0: I'm out Brad, on Levar Ball, and I was his biggest champion like a month ago. And the stay in your lane crap, I, I'm like, dude, this guy's got no point of view. He's just a walking soundbite machine f- with quotes that no one wants, and. and I I have I have all the patience and for for uh, forgiveness in my heart for people who are in, uh, endlessly interesting but who have a point of view and this guy is just yeah. he you know what he's doing? You know what he is? He's entourage the person. He is lifestyle porn <laughs> as like he he's using his son not to like relive his NBA memories but to like live the the life of the NBA media darling around his son. He he he's like when you the dudes who watched entourage in 2005 and were like I wish I had a house like that that was always like serving Budweiser with no explanation. Like the guy is a fucking nightmare of of he's a bathroom that's all painted in taupe. Just go away. You are boring and bland. You are pancakes with no side or sauce or chocolate chips. Go away. <laughs> I love it. Good. Okay. Amen. Just wanted to know. All right. I'm going one last time. Wide open. Ooh. Guys, Michael Phelps is raising a shark. And I have seen a lot of media say, How will the shark know it's in a race Like blah 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 Well those media did not do the homework In the early 2000s The aughts Fox did a special called Man vs. Beast Hosted by Carl Lewis Who, spoiler alert I've tried to get on the show to talk about Man vs. Beast Declined (laughs)
1: declined.
0: (laughs) This is long before the Phelps Yikes Oh. it was it was like Carl Lewis was there and he'd be like, tonight a man's gonna run a zebra in a race. What are the keys to the game, Carl? And he'd be like, for the zebra, the key is uh, get out to a fast start. Also, recognize you're in a race against the man and keep running. <laughs> like, of course an animal is not gonna have the, the ability to know what's going on. You should watch Man vs. Beast. Almost all the shit's online. There's Kobayashi eating a bowl of hot dogs against a grizzly bear. Spoiler, the bear uh, ate like 100 hot dogs.
3: So Brad and I were hanging out a lot, but in different cities around the time this first aired. And I remember talking to you, Brad, the day after it aired in like 2003. You were like, dude, did you see that shit last night? It was crazy. I was like, oh, yeah, I saw it was on. I didn't watch it. So, A, a we've always been this guy. Um, we've always had our roles. And I was like, what happened in the hot dog eating contest, though? I bet Kobayashi killed him. And you were like, uh, no, dude. He was trying to have a hot dog eating contest with a bear. And I was like, how'd it go down? And you were like, well, Kobayashi ate a bunch of hot dogs. And then the bear just looked up and put its paw out and ate 30 hot dogs in one bite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, like, it's like the bears, you forget about things like the bear's got full range of motion in its hands and has a tongue that can pick up like eight hot dogs at one time. Like, anyway, right. go find that stuff. I, I think it was either the orangutan in the obstacle course or the chimp in the Navy SEAL course. One of them just quit, and they were like, hey, cool, I'm just going to h- hang here in the dirt. And, uh, you know, animals don't realize they're racing human beings. Uh, I would say stop it, but I can't wait for the race against the shark. I hope that the shark jumps over the barrier and uh, and Phelps has to beat it to death with his hands. <laughs> So you're saying you like Phelps in this race. What
1: else can you say to that?
0: What else can you say? So guys, we're going to take a quick quick break. We're going to come back with our distractions. Stick around. You don't want to miss it. (laughs) And we are back in the sports world. We know athletes, coaches, top media, they're always accused of being distracted when they find something interesting to talk about. We never do that to them, which is why on this show we also celebrate the things that are distracting us week by week. Gents, I'm gonna go first. Here's what's been distracting me. The Bachelor in Paradise scandal has become my no. has become my missing Malaysian plane. I have spent <laughs> Oh I have God. I have spent so much time on the internet searching for answers. I have combed the feed of of reality, Steve. I have been on TMZ more times than my work will stomach in five weeks when they find the data. Much like the plane when Courtney Love was like going through Google Maps to like find the wreckage, I'm just trying to find footage and testimonials this story is insane and today when we're taping this it was wrapped up they bachelor in paradise has found no evidence of a sexual assault no evidence of impropriety they are allowing the show to continue they're going to bring everyone back apparently to whatever mexico (laughs) like chlamydia hole they were filming in Adam, you're a huge Bachelor in Paradise fan. I'm assuming most of our, our listeners know that there was an alleged incident where one contestant was hooking up with another, and they, and they, they, they said they didn't have the—they the, uh, they were too drunk to have given consent. It was a, a tricky situation. I want to preface this all by saying if there was any assault that occurred, we, of course, take it very seriously— uh, but today, at least at least one part, and I don't say that that represents everybody, but one one huge uh, factor happened, which was ABC announced they didn't think anything was was untoward. Uh, but Adam, you're a Bachelor in Paradise fan. What did you think when you heard this was going down?
1: Ah, uh, well, I hoped it wasn't true. Yeah, so I heard, I. My source was the Howard Stern show, where I get all of my entertainment news. And, you and
0: you and Trump during uh, debates are the only people who have ever 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 said like. <laughs> I, and on Howard Stern, this is why I shouldn't be talking about this.
1: So, as they reported, there were two accounts. One was an account that the Bachelorette was. Um, inebriated to the point where she couldn't respond to uh, oral sex being performed on her. Another account was that she was responsive, according to people who had seen a video of it. And so I'm glad this case is cleared up. Uh, I do not watch this show. I am a bachelor and paradise person, which is a totally different show than the bachelorette. So I would like to disassociate myself with this entire conversation.
0: Gareth in Brooklyn. Has anyone even seen any episodes of the bachelor ever?
3: I am aware that this show exists and I am sure that I could have that conversation on the playground at some point, if I wanted to, I (laughs) have never watched it. Brad, very important question where did this report
1: first surface from? And is it possible that this is just a PR ploy?
0: I don't think any, I don't think any well-meaning PR person says to the higher ups, let's stage a rape and get (laughs) more attention. And the higher ups are like, cool, especially when those higher ups report to Disney. (laughs) Like, I just, I feel Uh, like fair enough. I feel like the producers saw something they thought, might've been where she could not give consent. They, they gave a complaint. That complaint was quickly elevated to ABC and ABC was like, shut it down now. And they assumed the worst and they shut it down. And then I presume that most people who are involved on the bachelor side were like, I wish we hadn't done that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and <laughs> oh, and reality yeah. Steve and other people have talked about this in podcasts who have said that some people wish they could have pumped the brakes on this. They didn't think it would become a national story. Uh, that said, look, Corinne, the woman who is a part of it said, I'm a victim. I respect her. I, I, I'm not part of the culture that says, ignore the, the, the opinions of women until it's proven with DNA. Like, I think we should take her allegations very seriously. And I hope ABC has done that. Uh, but I will say, a hugely disproportionate amount of sports media likes and follows and talks about the bachelor on their platforms. I mean, Bill Barnwell, and Bill Barnwell, the NFL stats guy talks about the bachelor on his podcast. Like it's not, it's a, it's a huge part of sports culture. And it was fascinating seeing yeah. all the people in sports that we follow from Jamel to Sarah Spain to Barnwell to Clay Travis, even on the other side, like it's, it's totally crazy. And so, you know, anyway, uh, it's coming back. I don't know what I'm really crazy to see is, um, are they just going to pretend like it never happened? Are they going to do an episode about it? And actually the best comment, the best comment I heard from someone at work was if they just had stopped and done an entire season filming people trying to figure out what happened, a la like serial. I would have watched every second of it, and I was like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh,
1: well, Adam, Adam, that's way to expl- yeah.
0: What's yeah, distracting yeah.
1: you, fellas? I went out a couple weeks ago, and I did something that's important as a man. Bought myself a new couch.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: I'd had the same couch for a decade plus. It was uh, a leather couch that I loved dearly. Uh, I slipped on that ripped, couch. It was ripped. It was time to get rid of. And I bought a large sectional, almost too big for my living room, but it is fantastic, and it is memory foam and. <sighs> I am happy about the purchase, although I'm a little bit sad how excited I am about it, because that means I am 37 and a lot of other things that used to make me happy have passed me by. So that's my distraction.
2: I think that's a wonderful distraction, Adam. I think that, I think that plays into mine. Um, So having moved out here, Alina and I have been, uh, trying to furnish our apartment and um, have been looking for um, some nice pieces. And I have been distracted pretty much every day um, by checking Craigslist postings. Um, I don't know if you guys, you probably aren't Craigslist shoppers, um, but man, is it addicting to just like see what's out there. Sometimes you're looking with purpose. Sometimes it's like, I need a love seat and I'm going to look for a love seat in my price range, and we're going to buy something that looks nice and used. But then sometimes you, I just go on sounds there and I like, say,
1: "Sounds like online dating."
2: yeah hey, hey, a little bit. Um, you just got to find the right match. But then sometimes I go on there and I say, "I just want to see what's on Craigslist in Seattle today for under ten bucks." And sometimes you get some weird shit. Um, <laughs> it, it, like what?
1: It, like what, Joe?
2: Well, I'll. I'll let me report back. Some, you know, you get like some. I I don't know. It's just a. Each city is different. I'd be curious what's going on in Chicago and what's going on in Brooklyn. And um, it's just a fun thing to – usually I check to see if there's any new postings and then I end up going down a rabbit hole for like 40 minutes just scrolling through pages and pages of motorcycle parts for no reason. Interesting.
3: Yeah. I went through a long period in the late aughts where I read a lot of Best of Craigslist, And if I could recommend two of those, I bet you could find them. One would be, look up Best of Craigslist Shitty Pan, P-A-N. That's a classic. And the other one I loved and is filled with a lot of humor and darkness, and I've had it bookmarked on my phone for a long time, is All the Women I've Dated. And it's basically a guy who... Was a sex addict with a very. Oh my God, Gareth, I totally remember mother. this
0: one. It is
3: insane. Yes. <laughs> it, it is. Honestly, if somebody wanted to adapt it into a film, it would be good. Uh, but it's a guy who is a sex addict with a crazy relationship with his mother who just wrote. A list of all the women that he ever slept with.
0: Holy and shit! With we'll post that. it. We'll post a link on the Just not Sports the girl- site. No, Gareth, we are not. We are not posting that We're link. We're not posting no link. I, I'm also no. going to say this, Gareth. There's a moment in the middle of that which made me think the whole thing was fake. Is he? Uh, he implies that he had he sex with that he slept sister. with his
3: sister. Yes. Yes. What? But he stars yeah. it. He <laughs> says, are you, "You are my.
0: You are my S-I- star star er and i'm not ready to talk about this yet and i always wondered if he meant sitter like babysitter
1: holy crap guys i'm just (laughs) on my new couch watching american ninja warrior i don't know what you're into this is (laughs) crazy
3: all right we won't post the link but if you're curious just google best of craigslist the women i've dated so yeah joe i'm with you craigslist is awesome
2: there's, there's so much going on. Something All for right,
0: everybody. Gareth, Gareth, clearly was that your distraction <laughs> or you got something else I hope? <laughs>
3: No, it's like now I'm now I'm into something more boring. It's just like standard issue Gareth bullshit of like I got this new book and music I've been listening to, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, if you want another interesting read to cleanse your palate after reading all the women this guy slept with on Craigslist, Jeffrey Tubin's American Heiress: uh, His Story of the Patty Hearst Kidnapping in the '70s is exceptional. Um, Tubin had a great summer last year when he published this. He was heavily featured in the OJ doc on ESPN because he had written Run of His Life, the OJ story. Uh, He does a similar thing here and ties together a lot of loose strands of the 70s around the Hearst case. It's always been fascinating to me. And then if I could recommend a killer album for summertime, barbecues, cookouts, etc., Chicano Batman's Freedom is Free is fantastic. It's kind of got a retro soul meets Brazilian Tropicalia sound. I love it. Those guys write great hooks. I've heard them described as uh, LA's house band, as Rolling Stone called them. And a buddy in LA said that is probably accurate right now. So, Chicano Batman, Freedom is Free. It's on Spotify. Check it out the next time you're kicking it on the porch, stoop, or roof.
0: Yeah, speaking That's of music, uh, little... speaking of music on today, uh, Prodigy passed away, unfortunately, and uh, he is going to join Malik Sealy in uh, the all-time rappers who died list.
1: Wait, Prodigy from Mob Deep passed away? Prodigy yeah. from Mob Deep died today, dude. Really? I had no idea. Yeah. That is so sad. Really, one of my... No no joke. joke. All joking aside, one of my top favorite – top ten favorite rappers of all time. That's really sad.
3: Well, so – okay. Let me throw one more in then for a distraction because, Adam, I'm sorry that you're finding out about this right now because I was similarly like really upset when I found out about it. I share my office with a guy who's like CBS's main director, uh, a guy named Mike Arnold, like mid-50s white guy. Uh he directs the Super Bowl. And I found out Prodigy died as we were in the office and I was like, oh shit. Fuck Mob Deep, like Prodigy died. So we went to Spotify and I pulled up the infamous Mob Deep, which was my go-to for them. It's probably their classic, but has bangers throughout Survival of the Fittest, Shook Ones one and two. One's two. Yeah. Yeah. Drink Away the Pain with Q-tip is a classic. And I was like, Mike, you ever heard the infamous Mob Deep? And he he I give him a lot of credit. He just got it. He just laughed and said, All right, Gareth, fire it up. Let's hear this stuff, man. You know, like <laughs> he, I I was like, this guy just died. He's like, I'm sorry to hear it. But Mike's a cool cat. He's lived in New York for 30 odd years. I think he just he was like, okay, if somebody important passed away and you're moved, I'm in. So yeah if you want if if you've never listened to it before or haven't revisited you know it's always sad to do these things when people die, but pull up the infamous mob deep that album is exceptional
0: can i, ask yeah, you, I can I ask you guys a ta- question we've, we've
3: talked about go ahead go ahead Adam and then Brad asked a question
1: I was just gonna say we've talked about Alan Iverson a time or two on this podcast, and uh he modeled his whole sound in my opinion off of what. Mob Deep, in particular, Prodigy, uh, did on the mic, and so uh, Prodigy indirectly had an influence on this show. And it's it's sad to see him go. Do you, do we know what he died of? Did he have? Uh, I, I remember he raps about selection. sickle
3: cell in the past.
1: Yeah, yeah um, that's right. Yeah. a couple I was other. I to say sickle cell because it sounds stereotypical, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was something like that.
3: The only reason I bring it up is just because he like, <laughs> Prodigy put that one in the conversation. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think the cause of death has not been released. The rapper had been hospitalized for complication caused by sickle cell anemia prior to his death. So, wow.
0: yeah. Let me ask you guys this real quick. Um, when This is coming from someone who as an entertainment reporter was always a little weirded out by our Uh, I guess, um, obituary industrial complex that we do when celebrities die as in media, it's like, we, we always have, we want to have this like definitive take on their life and their meaning. When, when a, when a celebrity that you don't know personally dies, like, um, you know, like, like this example, are you sad? Because a, you don't, get to get any more music from them which implies you're hoping they record more music b you're sad because you feel bad for them personally uh as a human being you know i'm no 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 cynicism there i mean you just feel bad that they died or c do you feel bad because it reflects our own aging process and makes you feel old uh by extension
1: so that's a good question, and i I think it's depends on the celebrity I think with yeah. if you look at Prince and Michael Jackson and I once uh now shamefully said Bill Cosby, it takes you back to a certain place in your life, a certain nostalgia where you a part of you lives in that moment and a part of you has died because that person who has provided that moment is no longer with you, so I think there's Part of that, I think there are other celebrities who you could maybe relate to on a more personal level or who brought you joy in the moment. Um, Although he didn't die, I'll never forget, and I think a lot of sports fans will feel this way, I'll never forget the day that Magic Johnson uh, said that he had the HIV virus. Because at that time, we thought that was a a death sentence. And I remember in the moment, mourning his loss before he even died because, again, he brought so much joy on the... The basketball court. So, I, I Brad, I, to answer your question, I, I'm going to PR you a little bit, but I'm going to say that it's it's all of the above because I I think it depends on mm-hmm. the celebrity and and what you associate them with in your life.
0: I think 99 percent of people don't expect any more from the celebrities who die unless they're like super young, like Kurt Cobain in, in the 90s. Like, I don't think anyone was waiting for the Tupac. next. Time. I don't think anyone was yeah Tupac's another good example. I don't think anyone is waiting for the next great Prince album. I think and that right, right. I think it's a, it, it's it's a it's, a, it's a rattling the cage of nostalgia. It's like uh oh, he's dead already. Uh oh, like I and I say this as someone who was around people who would write canned obituaries or say oh hey so and so died. We should do something about what it means. And it's like. I guess, but uh, we talked about this with Chris Cornell a few weeks ago, like, and not, not a knock on these guys. They're, they're they're legendary artists. Like they're great. Um, but I think the reaction that we have to their deaths has more meaning than maybe the media stories that we read. And I think for people in general, they probably connect to these artists on a more personal level. And then, I wish that we would hear more about that with them instead of like what writers think that these people like contributed to society, which probably hasn't thought about them in 10 years anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Absolutely. Yeah.
3: It does. And I, I think that a lot of these, um, these moments are a collective grief that we all feel for a moment in our lives. Uh, the most, the, 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 the kind of tribute that stuck with me the most today of all people was uh, Bethlehem Shoals tweeted, I'm going to go drink a 40 for the first time in 20 years. <laughs> um, and I just kind of got that. You know, he and Jay Caspian Kang were tweeting about how they would listen to to Mob Deep together for years. And uh, I don't know, it just kind of took you back to a time of like, Partying in your life and where things were different. I mean, look, I wasn't checking for what Prodigy was putting out at this point. Um, I think, frankly, rap has a pretty bad track record of people aging into relevance. Um, Let's see what Jade Z does with his new album at the end of the month. But it's a hard thing to to keep up uh, at the same time. You know, watching him, seeing the news that he died was, you know, it's shocking. And sad, so. But it's
1: funny you mentioned Jay Z because I think another recent moment in in pop culture, and I know we need we need to move on, but um, Beyonce having twins when she announced it, it was the most liked Instagram post or was a tweet of all time, and the insanity of the conversation around her actually giving birth to her kids. Her mm-hmm. kids, not America's kids. What's the fascination with that? Because if we have a fascination with death that seems a little impersonal, what's with the birth of a celebrity's kids who we don't even know? That that strikes me as just as strange.
0: Well, Adam, as a Beyonce birther, I can tell you those kids aren't real.
1: <laughs> 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 no, I, would, I would not be totally surprised to be honest with you. <laughs>
0: Does anyone have any more distractions or is that it for this week?
1: That is it. All right. All good.
0: Well, on that note, anyone got any shout-outs? I'm going to give a shout-out to my daughter, Charlie, who recently turned four. She's a baller, just like Adam. Joe, any shout-outs? Uh, I'll give
2: a shout-out to you and your daughter as well because I saw... A video of you two um, playing with different pairs of glasses. That was one of the cutest things I'd ever seen. And uh, you're a good dad. So, shout out to you. We're just uh, coming off
3: Father's Day here. Joe, how'd you Aunt get the video? And Gareth,
2: happy Father's Day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what? Oh, thank you. Well, I'll keep that theme going. Shout out to my daughter, Belle Halliday. Tomorrow, I am waking up early to go to your kindergarten graduation. So, congratulations see in first grade and congratulations bill
0: holiday hey real quick adam before yours uh, shout out to the writer of best of craigslist girls i've dated which i've been reading during most of your shot, most of your distractions <laughs> this guy is crazy yeah. can i read, can I I read sitting one on the these link yeah this one is katherine okay katherine what God sent you to me. I was a rat ass foul smelling dog and you came along and believed in me. You were a virgin. You were the valedictorian. You were such a skilled debater and writer. Sex with you started a little slow, but boy, you were a good learner. Okay, next one, Anne. You were Catherine's best friend since you were both ten years old. Why would you let me seduce you? Yes, I take most of the responsibility. I take most of the responsibility. But why would you constantly come over and tell Catherine all the sort of details about how you were cheating on your husband? All the details except the part where you were doing it all with cheating me. This guy's he's the Shakespeare of ass baggery, right? This is amazing. <laughs> Well, there's God.
3: listen. All I'll say is this: Adam has offered this up on the pod before. Um, we'll tweet. We'll give you the link if you want it. Just reach out to us. Uh, there's a line in here about a pen that is honestly one of the funniest things I've read oh, in the last 15 no, God, no. years. So oh. trust me, it's not. It's like the most PG part of the whole thing. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> shout out to that guy okay. who responds. Okay.
0: Alright, Adam, your shout-outs. Uh
1: shout out to my cat ally who is asleep on the couch. Uh but more importantly. She...
0: Adam, is your cat to, does your cat sleep in your uh, bed?
1: Uh sometimes yes, sometimes no, but yes yeah, she is she's allowed. It just depends on the
0: mood she's in. So, like, when your cat sleeps in your bed, do you like spoon it and shit.
1: Nope, we don't touch.
2: <laughs> Brad doesn't understand how pets work.
0: Yeah. I really don't. I really don't. I mean, it's like the cat. The cat sometimes like comes spoon? in.
1: The cat sometimes comes into bed and wants to be petted. I usually am. If I'm in bed, it's because I don't. I do not have a TV in my bedroom, so it means I am sleeping. Um, so we have a, I give her a little pat. She either goes to sleep on the pillow next to me or she moves into the living room. Cause my snoring is too much for her to bear.
0: Either you way, don't have a TV in your like, room. A, we, How do you go to sleep? No,
1: I listen to podcasts, mainly ours.
0: Yeah. Okay. You, you, do, you do realize when I was in, uh, before I met Kelly, uh, I would go to sleep. She was horrified. I would go to sleep every night. With my TV on, my fan on, my light on, and in my clothes on top of the covers. And then in the middle of the night, if I woke up, I would just roll roll the, the top of the comforter over me onto the side to, to get into the bed. Wow.
1: <laughs> and... Thousands of dollars of therapy later, you're
0: <laughs> Hey, you know what, Adam? Almost as creepy as a, a grown male owning a cat.
1: Listen, I told you it was an nice girlfriends cat. We've been through this before. I'll repeat the old narrative if I need to, but I'd rather not.
0: <laughs> All right, fair enough. Hit me with your shout-outs. Uh,
1: I would like to give a shout-out to the Kevin Durant fan club, my boy Uzi, who has bought all the shoes, Def Jeff, who owns three copies of Thunderstruck, Little Swanee, who has all of Kevin Durant's jerseys, Meech, who just nicknamed his dog KD, Ron Mack, um, who co-produced the commercial, and my other cousin Ron, who bought KD's jockstrap off eBay. As always, booty rappers,
0: stay booty,
3: stay booty, stay booty, stay stay booty, stay on Craigslist (laughs) Or, or get off. Get off Craigslist.